follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Just anybody. Help. You know, I need someone. Help. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 249 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, your host. Our topic today is next steps in preventing suicide in teenagers and young adults. For teenagers and young adults, suicide is a risk associated with several serious mental illnesses, including clinical depression and schizophrenia, and schizophrenia is also an illness which is associated with depression. And 70%, 70% of all mental health or addiction problems start in teenagers and young adults. For teenagers and young adults who have a mental health problem, an added risk is stigmatization, which has many harmful effects, including deepening their depressions. For teenagers and young adults, addiction problems arise from the use or abuse of illegal substances, addictive pain relief medications, alcohol, and these addiction problems may or may not be a product of mental illnesses. And so for teenagers, young adults, and their family caregivers, one major challenge is that mental health and addiction problems may be, but are not always, the early signs of mental illnesses. All of which is why our topic, Next Steps in Preventing Suicide in Teenagers and Young Adults, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Ginny and Kerry Dennehy. Ginny is president of the Kelty Patrick Dennehy Foundation and its co-founder with her husband, Kerry. Her world turned upside down when her 17-year-old son, Kelty, committed depression-related suicide. And eight years later, her 23-year-old daughter, Riley, died of a heart attack while in Thailand. Since the foundation launched in 2001, Ginny's championing has raised more than $5 million dollars for funding care, research, and education initiatives aimed at reducing the stigma of mental illness and for providing support for young people with depression. She's recipient of the annual War um, Award from Canadian artist Eric War for her work in depression. She's winner of the National CASP Suicide Prevention Merit Award. She's winner of the 2012 YWCA Woman of Distinction for Community Building. 
and she's a recipient of the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal. Kevin was her co-creator with Ginny of the Celtic Patrick Dennehy Foundation. That was in 2001. He says that after they lost their son, Kelty, they immediately and instinctively agreed to form the foundation to warn others of the dangers of depression. He was president of the foundation for eight years before turning over the reins to Ginny, and together they are very proud of the $5 million raised to date, which is dedicated to help prevent depression-related suicide in young people. And Kerry currently is the CEO of Pacifica, a drug and alcohol treatment center in East Vancouver. So welcome to the show, Ginny and Kerry. Thank, Thank you. Now, first of all, starting with you, please, Ginny. Please tell us more about your life and in particular your experience with family caregiving. Well, um, our life was pretty normal. We uh, uh, had our children in Vancouver, and uh, we grew up in West Vancouver, and then we chose to move to Whistler because we're all very active people. And um, our children went to school there, and life was pretty good. They were snowboarding, skiing, playing hockey, and, and life couldn't have been better. But then all of a sudden in the year 2000, and 2000, we were on a cruise through the Panama Canal in the year of millennium, and Kelty suffered an anxiety attack. Now, we didn't know what it was. All he said to his father is he said, I need to throw myself off the ship. And as you can imagine, having a boy who loved life and had tons of friends and all of a sudden going through something like this, we were totally caught off guard. We knew we didn't understand what was going to through him, and we didn't understand what we could possibly do for him. Well, thank heavens that when we were on the ship, there was a priest there, and there was a doctor who settled him down with some a medication, and we continued on um, with with the cruise. And then when we got back, of course, we wanted to make sure that Kelty was okay. And I would ask him, and I'd say, Kelty, are you okay? And he said, Mom, 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 don't talk about it, because if you talk about it, I'm afraid that those thoughts will come back. And not knowing what we know today is, uh, like, I didn't know. I, I felt, oh, well, if he said don't talk about it, then maybe he's right. Maybe it will, won't come back. Anyway, we continued on, and Kelty continued on with school, and Riley continued on with school, and I continued on with my job, and Carrie did, and everything was going pretty good. And then we went on a trip the next year, and the same thing kind of happened with Kelty. He... Uh, it was New Year's Eve, and we wondered where he was. And there he was. He was up in his bed, and we said, "Kelty, what's wrong?" He says, "I'm." A, he said, um, "Don't don't worry. I'm okay. I'm okay. I just want to be safe." And here's a here's a boy who had gone through the rest of the year, the year before, after that first anxiety attack, kind of doing okay. But we now realize that he was actually probably trying to hide some of the things that he was actually going through because he didn't want us to worry. And I talk about those things and I tell you those things because I think it's so important as a parent to understand what can possibly be going on with your child and making sure that you ask those questions. Jenny, that's one of the things that we want to talk about later on because this is profoundly important to know when to ask questions and when not to. So, Kerry, let me ask you, tell us more about your life and your experience with family caregiving. Well, I'm from a 
big Winnipeg fa- family, uh, one of six children, and um, you know we always um, always wanted to have a family. Uh, met Ginny when she was uh, she was very young. I guess I was pretty young too. <laughs> met her when she was about sixteen, and we uh, we started dating, and um, and uh, one thing led to another, and we just recently celebrated our thirty third wedding anniversary. Um, we had, we wanted to have children. Uh, before we knew, we Kelty and Riley had arrived, and we had a normal day-to-day life, you know, with uh, taking them through kindergarten and schools and sports and weekend activities. We uh, we we skied with them after we got our Whistler home. Uh, I coached their uh, hockey and baseball teams. We were uh, all keen outdoorsmen. Fishing and hunting and uh, mountain biking and things like that. Uh, went on trips together. Went on some very nice trips, Disneyland and uh, cruises and things like that. Um, they both had a very healthy circle of friends, which we encouraged to come over to the house. We had a, a pool table and a hot tub and a shuffleboard table and stereos, so uh, their friends were always welcome then to our home, and we. Uh, we sent them away to school at certain times, uh, Kelty to Notre Dame and Riley to, to Shawnigan, and we certainly visited them and encouraged them both in school. And uh, I guess basically expected nothing less than a, than a long and uh, unhappy life together. Right. Jenny, I'm going to switch to you now, and I want you to tell us just a, a quick summary of the work of the Kelty Patrick Dennehy Foundation. Jenny? Yes. Uh, well, the uh, the work of the Kelty Patrick Dennehy Foundation. It's um, our mission is prevention of depression-related suicide in young people, and basically how we want to try to do that is by removing the stigma of mental health. And we are we are we are basically fundraisers, and we raise money for areas of care, education, and research. And some of the work that we have done today is, is uh, as you mentioned, we've raised over five million dollars. We put a million dollars into the new. BC Mental Health Building for Children in Vancouver. Um, we have funded what's called the Kelty Mental Health Resource Centers, which I think Carrie will probably explain in more detail to you. We have funded many di- different uh, local initiatives here in Whistler. We've also funded a chair in depression. But as importantly, um, these projects are very good and they're very important. But what we feel is very important which is most important is to get out there and talk to people. Talk to people about this disease. Talk to people uh, so that we can warn them of the signs and symptoms and, and tell them about how important the education is. So, as I said, we are mainly fundraisers. We raise a lot of money, but we really work with the different places where we want to see that money go to make the best difference. Right. Carrie, over to you. I want you to tell us more about your work with the foundation and also to respond to Ginny's point uh, that you were going to say something more about something she mentioned. Carrie? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to add that, you know, we've, we, we've raised, uh, throw around the figure of $5 million, but we just finished a cross-Canada uh, uh, trip on our road bikes where we... I raised another 1.7, so we're almost up to 7 million now. Um, but anyway, retreating back a bit, yeah, we lost Kelty in 2001, and right after that, you know, we looked each other in the eyes and said, we have to warn other parents about the dangers of depression 
that can certainly be so serious as to cause suicide. We have to warn other parents not to be so flat-footed as, as we were. Um, so we established the Kelty Patrick Dennehy Foundation uh, with friends and family and uh, decided that we would raise funds because um, certainly people, a lot of people would agree that money is power. And We also had the opportunity, if we had the, had, had money, to shape the policies and influence health, health, the healthcare professionals and uh, to create programs that we would thought were most uh, impactful. So we had um, you know, our main source of funding through the years was the uh, was a very big golf tournament. We probably had one of the biggest charity golf tournaments in Western Canada, 201 to 208, and we had other uh, fundraising events too: uh, a ride for life, a road bike uh, race, uh, dance for life, uh, concerts, and things like that. And we got to meet the uh, who's who and the I guess you'd say the uh, charitable giving. Uh, community of Whistler because and and Vancouver by going to the Crystal Ball and supporting uh, the uh, Crystal Ball for Children's Hospital, the UBC VGH uh, gala evenings and things like that. And Ginny worked on the Crystal uh, Crystal Ball committee, so we, we got in with that and we got to know the people in the know and and we uh, we also uh, because of the money we were able to influence healthcare and establish Kelty Mental Health Resource Centers, which uh, we can talk about a little later. But that's really our baby. We call it a, a one-stop shop for parents that need relief and uh, and even uh, and even assessment for their children with all kinds of mental illnesses. That's good. that's truly great work. Thank you. Now. We do have to pay our rent, so it's time for the break. We'll take it now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Ginny and Kerry Dennehy. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? 
Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ginny and Kerry Dennehy. Our topic is next steps in preventing suicide in teenagers and young adults. Let's now talk about the progress so far in dealing with the challenges that arise, challenges that arise in efforts to prevent suicide in teenagers and young adults. Ginny, starting with you, what are those challenges? What are the greatest of the challenges that arise in the efforts, in the course of the efforts to prevent suicide in these teenagers and young adults. Ginny? Well, I, I believe that the, uh, the challenges are uh, twofold, stigma and education. Um, I believe that uh, the society has to understand about this disease and have to understand that people do not have a choice to have depression or any other kind of a mental illness. This is not something that they get up and they choose, or they want to be glum, or they don't want to participate in things. This is a medical condition that they're dealing with. And also, people have to understand that this is not a character flaw. You know, um, they, it, it's, it's, it's something that is happening to them, and they don't choose it. Uh, many people say, and a lot of parents under, think that, oh, their, their child is depressed. Well, you know, pull up your socks. You live in a beautiful house. You have a great home. You have friends. You have a family that love you. What's wrong with you? Well, it's way more than that. And I think one of the things is, is that how we're going to get over that is by educating ourselves, understanding what's truly going on with your child, you know, trying to relate to him in a way that that uh, he, he can understand, not necessarily that you understand. So what you want to do is you want to kind of put yourself in his shoes and understand what's happening to him. I think education is a responsibility of all of us to educate about what are the signs and symptoms of depression. What do we do? How do we, how do we help this child? It's something that they need help with. And I think as parents and caregivers, this is our responsibility. Many people don't want to think that something like this could possibly ever happen to them in their family. Well, it's, it's not, it's, if if they had cancer in their family or if they had diabetes in their family, that's something that they would accept. They have to understand that mental health issues are just like those, and that's what we have to start to do is we have to start to treat them in that way, that it, it is like any other disease. Right. Carrie, 
these challenges that Jenny's been pointing out to us, um, how are they responded to? And how do you gauge the success of the responses? That is to say, dealing with those, those understandings that we have to get. Kerry? Yeah, well, you know, we've, we're from BC and we've mostly focused our, uh, our energies in BC, but like I mentioned before, we, uh, we just completed a cross Canada, uh, trip on our bicycles and, and, uh, the response, um, the response was the same in every province, uh, and to all the crowds we talked to. It's, uh, so many have been touched by suicide that, um, as someone else said, you know, we, we speak the same language. Uh, maybe it's a son or daughter or a husband or wife or even a grandfather. But, uh, uh, I mean, I work in the field of uh, alcohol addictions, and um, it surprised me that uh, that mental health, although some of the two are sometimes intertwined, the problems, um, mental health challenges and suicide is um, more rife than even alcoholism. So... Um, you know, I, I I just think that we were we were welcome with open hearts. You know, we were uh, people approached us with kind words and, and donations. They opened up their houses to us. Uh, um, um, people came forward and, and told their stories. Maybe they had never, and and many of them did admit that because we had an open mic session that um, they they were they had never really come out of the closet before and admitted it and. Uh, and that alone can uh, that alone can prevent suicide. It can prevent them from taking their lives, and it can it can direct them to a whole new uh, turn in their lives, a whole new direction. So, so um, yeah, we, we 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 sold hope all along the uh, all along the way, telling people uh, uh, to carry on. You know, you don't have to be uh, you're not alone. You don't have to be. Uh, to be cured, to be a whole person. There's many examples, and uh, and so yeah, we were um, we were clearly uh, remarkably sideswiped by the, uh, the amount of compassion we got for our cause. It was uh, quite remarkable, and that really is success, isn't it? It, it? it is. Yeah. Now, Ginny, in the challenges that arise in these efforts, because there still are challenges, as you pointed out. Um, what do you see as the gaps that remain, the gaps that need to be filled? What are those, Ginny? Well, well I, I believe if, uh, what some of the, uh, the challenges with the gaps are is, is that once we, you know, people accept that they possibly have an issue with a mental health issue, the, the real gap is the resources being available in a timely manner. And that is the real huge problem. Um, and it all comes back to, you know, how we deal with this disease, um, you know, in, in the medical community, how we deal with this disease in the community. So, for example, if you are a parent and your child is suffering some signs of depression and you are worried, you are afraid, you are scared, you don't know what to do, what you want to do is you want to be able to go somewhere and to be able to get that help in a timely manner. Right now, today, in a lot of communities, what's going to happen is you're going to phone up your doctor and they're going to say, okay, well, we'll try to get you in to see a specialist. Well, that could be three, four months down the road. That's not acceptable. And that wouldn't happen if you had cancer, if you were showing, you know, high blood sugar levels. That wouldn't happen. That is where the real, real gap is. We need to, I'm sorry I keep on repeating myself, but we have to treat this disease like we treat any other diseases. 
We are losing way too many people, to, especially young people, to depression-related suicide. The statistics are absolutely alarming. And it's time that we really kind of stood up and did something about this and got those resources available in a timely manner so that when that, when that child needs to see someone, that parent, it will be alleviated the pain and worry that they have. Because when your, child's, when your child's not doing well, you're not doing well. And that causes a whole different, you know, um, environment within the whole family. It could affect the brother or sister because the mother is now worried about the other child. And it, the whole dynamics of the family change. And we don't need that to happen. You know, we, we, we need the resources and the help in a timely manner. Right. Kerry, just to follow through on what Ginny's saying, in the challenges that Ginny's been talking about, um, please, challenges in the form of gaps in treatment. Let's be very straightforward about that. Um, what do you see as the gaps, the detail of the gaps that remain in the mental health and healthcare and social systems? Well, there's there's still some uh, there's still some obvious gaps. I mean, there's some huge gaps. Um, mental health is, I think, the, the last uh, the last part of of health to really to really get its due. You know, it's um, it's finally uh, being trotted out of the closet, and the light is being shined on it. Um, uh, and and a lot of the responsibility comes along, uh, you know, right in the medical profession. The doctors uh, they need more training. I'm told that a a GP and six years of, of, of schooling is only trained on, on depression and uh, and and uh, its effects about uh, about a half a day. So uh, with 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 teenage suicide being being the number two, some say the number one killer in Canada, uh, that's just not enough training. Um, they need more training. Uh, a lot of the ignorance and stigma is right in their corner, and they need to deal with it. Uh, the system itself doesn't pay doctors enough to uh, to spend time with these patients. Doctors doctors get paid for the number of patients they see in a day. Okay, you got depression. Here's an anti here's an antidepressant. Okay, next. Okay, you've got a you've got an arm. Uh, uh, cut in your arm. We'll stitch it up. Who's next? Who's next? Uh, they're they're not getting the proper treatment. Uh, there's not enough money in the healthcare system. Uh, prevention is. Uh, there's huge gaps in prevention. Prevention um, in young people, if you can get them prevented at, at, at a young age, it can save all kinds of suffering. Um, it leaves a whole wake of tragedy in its, uh, in it, in its path. Uh, prevention at a young age and understanding and compassion from peers, uh, it prevents sadness, produces happier people. It prevents over-medicating. That's why we have the drug and alcohol problems and things like that. Uh, social system-wise, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of social institutions need to be uh, need to be more more aware. And, and in the workplace, you know, billions and billions are lost from uh, from suicide and uh, and uh, and its and its effects. Uh, schools uh, begs the whole question of 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 what should we be taught in schools? You know. Uh, what's the use of focusing on algebra when when people are graduating without life skills? They have no uh, they have no uh, relationship training. They have they have no training about how to um, how to how to deal in money and finances and how to get along, and and that causes all kinds of depression, which which relates to suicide. 
So, um, you know, the Catholic Church is another institution which is way behind. Maybe this new pope's going to catch up, but, uh, you know, um, um, suicide was considered a mortal sin until very recently. We met a person on our way through mission that said uh, the Catholic Church uh, wouldn't even bury their brother who died of suicide. And that's uh, that's repulsive. Um, so changes, you know, certainly in society and the school system uh, all the way through are, are certainly needed. I'd just like to make a comment on what Carrie had said about the education system because I, I totally agree with what he's saying. I mean, in our schools today, you know, they get sex education. You know, smoking is bad for you. Drinking and driving is bad. Drugs. Why wouldn't we start to have some focus on this area of uh, health care? Because this is, as Carrie said, it is, you know, affecting way too many people, and we're losing way too many lives. Just a very, very quick question for you, Ginny. Would you ever go so far as to say that sometimes these, what I'll call psychiatric illnesses, mental illnesses, present as emergencies, in the way that they need treatment. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, there's emergencies with these, these, these illnesses. Right. Now, we have to take the break right now, but we're going to be talking in the next segment about some of the things that have to be done, but you've both made very clear some powerful points that really do need to be addressed in Canada today. So we'll take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley and my guests are Ginny and Kerry Denahay. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style. Be the star you are. Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further, with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit. You'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You 
are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ginny and Kerry Denahay. Our topic is Next Steps in Preventing Suicide in Teenagers and Young Adults. Let's now talk about the next steps in dealing with the challenges and what needs to be done. So, Ginny, first for you, for the gaps that remain that you've been talking about, both of you, um, what do you see as the next steps for the medical and healthcare systems? What should they do? What, what should be done with them? Ginny? Well, well, I think in our medical and healthcare system, we really need to relook at how we look at this particular disease. The way that we've been treating it in the past is not being successful. And so therefore we have to kind of, you have to re, uh, you know, uh, reorchestrate the whole thing. One of the things that I think people should be aware of, it's a group out of, uh, out of, um, Ottawa. It's called, uh, Partners for Mental Health. It was started by Michael Kirby, um, the senator. And what he has been doing for the, the last year and a half is getting the program going is to get people united in this whole Partners for Mental Health initiative. He is focusing on two areas, the youth and the workplace. And what I encourage people to do is to go to their website, which is um, www.partnersformh.ca, and take the pledge. And why I say take the pledge is because what they're trying to do is they're trying to work with the federal and the provincial governments to get them to fund more money for the care that we've been talking about. Because that's the issue here, is that unless we change how we kind of uh, restructure how we get the care and how the, how the doctors are funding, which Carrie had mentioned before, we're going to keep on going on with the same problem, the same problem. So that's why we really have to change our whole ways of thinking and how the medical community addresses these people. As I had mentioned before, resources easily available. And that is something that we do not have in Canada. I can say that when we were going across um, the country this summer on our bikes, raising money and awareness for um, for mental health, it was the same story right across Canada. They are lacking resources, and they were lacking them, especially in an available amount of time. And doctors need to understand, you know, um, that, you know, when they, they prescribe the medicine for the, for the child or for the person there, they can't just say, okay, there you go, we'll, we'll see you later type of thing. They have to follow this through like you would follow a cancer patient. And you have to really take care and you have to take ownership of that child because it's not only a scary journey for the child, it's a scary journey for the parents and the family. And if you don't know what's going on, it, it, it makes it even more scary. So public education is really, really important. And we, we are better than we were in 2001 when we lost Kelty, but I think we still have miles and miles and miles to go. Right. Now, Kerry, 
Uh, you talked about um, education and schools. So let me ask you the same kind of question, which regarding the gaps that remain in responding to the challenges, what do you see as the next steps for schools and higher education? Kerry? Well, <clears throat> schools certainly, schools are where, they, are where the kids are. And um, I have always believed uh, that uh, there's a huge onus on uh, principals and counselors and teachers to, and you know, a lot of teachers would disagree, but I think there's a huge onus on them because they spend probably more hours during the day uh, with the kids and, and the parents do themselves to uh, to be trained in uh, in these life skills and and to uh, and to pass them on and to make uh, to make those a foundation in their schools and and so that uh, peers start uh, absorbing that school children start absorbing that and, and learning those lessons from a very 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 young age i mean we're all just uh, mimickers we're all just, we 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 mimic what we see in other people and if uh, if uh, a disabled person is walking down the street and, and your friend laughs at him, it's probably the same thing. You're going to laugh at him, too, until you're trained that that's not right, until you're trained that uh, you should have compassion for that person. And uh, a disabled person could mean a mentally disabled person, too, and, uh, and uh, they have to learn at a very young age to uh, prevent the bad thinking and get on, get on with the compassionate thinking, and, and that to me, it should be the main responsibility life schools, uh, life skills in in the schools by constantly training the teachers and uh, and bringing them up to speed every year because it's rotational. Every year, there's you know the grade eight class changes and there's a whole new bunch of shiny faces from grade seven, and it has to be constantly embedded in the school system. Um, right. The uh, higher education too, you know. Uh, you never hear after post-secondary in university about any life skills training, but you know what? That's changing rapidly too. Queens, for instance, where they've lost uh, four kids, I think, so far in the last three or four years to to suicide, have got a uh, have got a course actually on on stigma and uh, and suicide prevention, and uh, so the um, secondary schools and higher education have to have to uh, get a grip on that, too, and incorporate and embed that into their programs. Right. Now, I'm going to stop you there only because I just want to take us into a different arena, and that is by asking Ginny, for the uh, gaps that remain that we're talking about, what do you see as the next steps for the justice system? Ginny? Well... The justice system, um, I think that that is a very interesting one, is, is because if there is a mental health issue, for example, is, is that if someone is, you know, potentially taking their life or someone is, you know, a schizophrenic or whatever, is, it's usually the, the, the policemen who are out there. And sometimes these policemen are not trained in the way to be able to handle these. And then for whatever reason, they end up in the whole, you know, justice system where they're not criminals. They are not criminals. They are suffering from a mental health issue. So therefore, but they are put with 
uh, different criminals or is not helping their situation at all. So I believe that with the justice system, what we truly need is we need trained people who can assist the police and not necessarily, you know, having the police person, you know, take, uh, spending 90% of his time on mental health issues. We need specific people who are trained in that area so the police can, policemen can do their work and these people can do their work. The mental health professionals can do their work in, help, in aiding these people. So I think we really have a bit of a, uh, a gap there in how we're dealing with that today. I know that there's been a lot of focus on this area lately, and I, I know in BC, for example, that there's been a lot of, a lot of different um, uh, news about this, and this is one of the areas that they are truly trying to adjust. And especially if you're a youth, for example. I mean, that would, uh, you know, would make you even... I'm more scared of this whole issue is of all of a sudden you get put into this uh, police station or whatever just because you're having a mental health issue. Right. Now, I'm going to now switch with Kerry to the family caregivers. Kerry, what do you see as the next steps in helping family caregivers in regard to all of these gaps you've been talking about and in regard also to the challenge that mental illness depression presents to the family. Kerry? Well, I just think we have to um, um, bring, uh, bring this whole area of, uh, of depression and suicide and mental health uh, challenges in, into their viewfinders. Um, they, um, families have to realize and caregivers have to realize what the experts say is true, that uh, mental health challenges will be the biggest health problem in the 21st century by far, outweighing any other disease by far. Um, if there is, in fact, and there's growing evidence that there is an epidemic of suicides um, because of uh, monetary recessions, because of lack of hope, because of um, um, societal uh, problems, if, if people believe that, then they have to pay. Uh, they have to pay extra attention to their to their children. Um, they have to. They have to know now. They have to. Uh, people are in denial. They. Uh, they think. Uh, they think. Uh, they think depression and, and and you know is a weakness. Uh, you know that they say no way is my son doing drugs or no way is my daughter having sex and. Similarly, uh, uh, no one, no one in my house is depressed, and um, and and that is a huge, huge mistake because um, um, experts will tell you that some some people can be very lightly uh, touched by depression and they will end up committing suicide. Uh, some some kids are dragged through a hedge backwards with depression and and they end up uh, surviving, uh, and they don't take their lives. Um, so everyone's different. Um, so if you if you ask your child, you know, are you how are you feeling today, and they say, oh, fine, you know what, that's not good enough. You have to you have to probe. You have to be sensitive. You have to really look your kid in the eyes and 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 uh, try to uh, try to find out what's going on in their brain because that's the thing about depression, which leads to suicide, is it's hidden. They have to uh, you have to build solid, very solid family foundation that means you have to have your own stuff together you you have to uh, you have to encourage friends 
and uh, and friendships. You have to encourage exercise. Um, yeah, it's it's complicated. You have to have your own stuff together before you can uh, you can get your family together, and you have to you have to learn how to get along. That's the foundation of uh, raising healthy children. Yeah, and just a very quick comment to both of you, and that's why family caregivers need help in the way of information, help in the way of mm-hmm. advice, and help in the way of talking with other people like you both about their experiences so that everybody learns. Mm. Now, we have to take the break at this time, so let's do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Ginny and Kerry Dennehy. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and will discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc.com at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org That's D-O-C the letter G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ginny and Kerry Denahay. Our topic is next steps in preventing suicide in teenagers and young adults. Let's now talk about the things you would like to do and you would like to see done to take the next steps in dealing with the challenges that we've been talking about. Ginny, you first. What more would you like to do to promote efforts to prevent suicide of the type we've been talking about? Ginny. Well, what, what I would like to do is I would like to start off with the, um, the, the, the school children. And I'm talking about starting off with the school children at a very young, early age. Because I have this big lofty goal is wouldn't it be wonderful if the next generation of children did not have any stigma about mental illness? And that's where I think that if you start running um, some uh, courses and talk about it in a way that we talk about uh, different things in the school, whether we're talking about um, smoking or not drinking or whatever, but we have a, a fun campaign that the kids can get onto. And, um, you know, we're thinking about doing some things here in Whistler, keep the beat for mental health, you know, within our school district and, and get a drumming thing going. But I think it has to start at a very, very young age. Um, I think having a, a stigma program, a marketing campaign that not only the young kids will attract to, but also it'll be that the youth and the adolescents and have a very kind of sexy marketing campaign that they know it's okay to talk about this. We can talk about this because when we start to talk about it, it's going to help remove the stigma. But not only having the campaign about talking about the stigma, but also having somewhere where they can go and get the help in a timely manner. That's what I would like to do. Those are my big lofty goals if I could do anything to help this issue. Right. Kerry, what are your lofty goals in the sense of what would you like to see done to promote the efforts to prevent suicide? Kerry. Well, I... I just like, uh, you know, I think the awareness is, is the big thing. And, and um, you know, as I mentioned before, um, our idea of, uh, of a solution is, um, you know, these, the development of these Kelty Health uh, Mental Health Resource Centers, of which we've established uh, uh, one here in B.C., and, uh, and we've established, uh, we have pledged money for two more. We call it a one-stop shop. Uh, we think going to the GP is the is the is the old way to go, the dinosaur's way to go. Where you see your GP, he sees you for a couple minutes, and he gives you an antidepressant. And I say that with you know I have full respect for the medical community. I mean, modern medicine is fantastic, but I think that um, there may be a, there may be a different a different system, like sending them to the Kelty Mental Health Resource Center, where they can get uh, parents can relieve their anxiety and get. Uh, and get uh, and get relief right away. So we have to establish these. We've established. We're going to establish three out here. Like I said, we'd like to establish uh, uh, one in every province in Canada, and it's one-stop shop. And, and there's a big there's a big internet component as well, where people can go online, where sufferers can uh, can uh, can go and and chat anonymously. They, they realize they're not alone, and that's the way people are. Young people are tuning in now. They're tuning into the internet, and I think we all agree that that's maybe going to be our future: is communication through the internet. So there's a huge internet component. There's podcasts where someone in northern BC can tune in on a Tuesday afternoon and learn about the signs and symptoms of uh, 
of depression, or maybe maybe the next week will be a, a podcast on uh, nutrition and depression. So we have to brand uh, all of these uh, tools and these toolboxes so that other people know that the resources are there uh, uh, for, for them to uh, for them to learn and to uh, relieve not only their anxiety because your life is hell when your child is depressed or suicidal. And um, and, um, and and learn some of these uh, some some of these tools to to help their children and, and relieve uh, relieve anxiety. Right. Yeah. Now, la- very last question, and it's the same for both of you. Given that depression can be a signal of various mental illnesses, what is your message for parents of children who seem depressed, Ginny? Well, my message is um, you're not a bad parent if uh, if you didn't understand about this disease because that's the first thing that you think about is when your child is going through something like that. What did I do wrong? How could I have done things differently? But don't beat yourself up. Realize here's the time for you to get educated, to ask for help. Don't be embarrassed. This is something, this is not something to be embarrassed about. This is something to take action on. And don't, and, and as Carrie says, ask the tough questions. And you have to ask the tough questions. Is, you know, are you suicidal? Like uh, many, many times parents are afraid to ask those questions because they think that maybe they'll put the thought in the child's head. No, no, you have to ask those tough questions. And, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Realize that there is, there is help out there and that you can and you have to keep on having that positive feeling of hope. You can get through this. You'll get through this together. But make sure that you get the appropriate resources as you try, whether it's going on the Internet, finding more as much as you can, calling your family doctor. Don't just sit back and think, oh, it'll go away. It'll go away. It's not going to go away. It might kind of hide itself, but when it hides itself, it's even scarier. You've got to address it and, and do it right away. Very powerful. Carrie, same question. Depression signals mental, various mental illnesses. What is your message for parents of children who seem depressed? Well, I would, I would say, you know, I concur with Ginny, but I would say certainly that, um, uh, you know, it can happen to you. It can happen to your, to your children. Um, kids are under uh, tremendous pressure now. Which, uh, which we may not have been under. They're growing up faster. Um, the, world is a, the world is a bag of tricks now. I mean, um, it seemed a lot simpler 50 years ago when I was a kid. I mean, we were, uh, we were in a neighborhood where you'd, you'd go outside and, uh, and uh, you'd always be in the neighborhood and your, your, your mom would come to the door at dinner time and just yell, dinner's, dinner's ready. And, and boy, the, the, the six of you were back there in five minutes because you were within an earshot. Now it's crazy. People are traveling. They're going to school away from home. They're, they're, there's Internet games. There's, there's all kinds of distractions. There's, there's drugs out there. There's, there's a lot of bad things. So you have to look your kid in the eye. You have to, uh, you have to, you have to peel back the onion. You, you really have to uh, know the signs and symptoms of, of the illness. And uh, and then if they're showing signs and symptoms, I mean, you have to get help and get educated as quick as you can. That's why we're trying to build some of these 
healthy health centers and things like that. So, so there's a catch basin, so people have somewhere to go. And, um, and you even have to get down to the fact and realize that, you know, suicide may, may, be, may be so imminent, you have to ask your child whether they're suicidal. Right. I mean, there's a grid of questions, and, and how how are you thinking of taking your life? You really have to get down to it, and you have to get all the help that 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 you can get as soon as you can get it. And, but but also, you know, you have to tell them, you have to give them hope. You have to tell them that 80 percent of the people that come forward um, are treated successfully, yeah. and uh, you have to tell them that you know throughout history, there's been the Abraham Lincoln's and the Churchills and the Einsteins that have that have been very famous people and led productive lives as world leaders, so they can as well. So you, you just have to be right on it from from day one as soon as you see a symptom. Right. Kerry, I, we have to stop there, unfortunately, but and both of you, because time is up for us. But very quick summary back to you. One of the things you've really emphasized among several important things, is education or training, or whatever you like to call it, for doctors, for teachers, for children, for parents, and if I dare do it, I'll add politicians. People need to know more so that they do what you've both been arguing for so strongly and so effectively, is that they recognize that these illnesses are serious, may have to be treated as emergencies, and certainly need a higher standard of treatment than they're currently getting. So I want to say both of you, thank you for making that message so clear. I hope I've represented it fully for you. And I want to say every success to you in your work keep it up and if it's cycling and if it's making kind of presentations in the way that you've both done just carry on because it's vital I want to say thank you to our listeners we'd like to hear your comments on this episode and from our listeners I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show our next episode will be dental hygiene services for long term care facilities please join us same time same spot on the internet talk to you then thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host Dr. Gordon Atherley Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Hopeful.